Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts. Chris Schubert floating around producing this thing. We're all from the Draft Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your sports wagering information and news. They've got everything NFL, Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, boxing, combat sports, esports, in game betting, Vegas casino games. They have everything on a super easy to use website that's available on your desktop or your mobile device. We have a deal for you. Use our promo code BLEAV50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. You get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's bet online, and it's where the game where starts. Where the game starts. Cal, happy International Whale Shark Day to you. Mm, I thought you were going to go National Toasted Marshmallow Day today. Mm, I thought about it. thought about uh, International Cab- Cabernet Sauvignon, National Beach, Beach Day. Day, Frankenstein Beach Day, Day this Great options. Couple doozies. Uh, today's also a very special day here on the program uh, because we have a guest with us today that we're very excited about. It's a uh, one of how, how long do you think the list is of mm. repeat draft dudes alumni guests? I'd say that. I'd say this Five? is number one. Yeah, I think no, this is you, no. We had Jordan Palmer for sure last year, multiple times on. Oh, I thought you were talking about the history of draft dudes. Yes, I am. Oh. We had Jordan Palmer on multiple times on Draft Dudes last yeah, fall. Yeah. Uh, we had Eric Galco on with us a couple of times. Mm-hmm. We've had this individual on with us a couple of times, and he's back again. Is there any other that you can think of? Hmm. Probably not, because you said this was one. No, I was saying this is the number one guest, like in terms of oh, like, yeah, frequency. This is the most frequent guest yeah. in the history of Draft Dudes. Yeah, that's yes. what I meant. And is of course executive director of the Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy. So do we do we want to? Do you have any of the days of the of um, national days today? We got to get is, to, or can we dive right it into is Jim? National Victory Day? And I think that's a great way for us to segue Beautiful. into our conversation with Jim Nagy. Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs of the Draft Network joined now by Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl. And Jim, we are excited. You just dropped. The Senior Bowl watch list, 484 players, if I'm not mistaken. And I know that's a lot of work to get from all the seniors out there to 484. Probably another big challenge going from 484 down to the 120 that you're going to take to the game in January. So my first question for you is, what does the process look like right now moving forward? How do you get from 484 to 120? It's it's probably easier. First of all, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, it, it's probably easier to get down to 120 from 484 than it was to get from over a thousand to uh, to 484. But uh, yeah, the, the process is just you know watching this year's tape um, and going out to as many games as possible. I think uh, this opening weekend our staff will be at 12 games. So so as you guys know, we we staff this every year with a with a group of former NFL scouts. 
this year we've got nine guys with 160, 70 years experience, a lot. Um, so we'll be out and we're just trying to do this thing the right way. You know, really tried to build this thing like an NFL personnel department. Uh, excited about this group of guys that we have. And we got a couple more, a couple new in-house scouting assistants, uh, including Kalijah Lipscomb, who played in the game a couple years ago, which is cool to have Kalijah back um, in his first real scouting role, um, his first non-playing role. So, uh, yeah, we're just going to we're going to hit it hard these next eight, nine weeks. And uh, that should that should take us up to invite time. It's a Vanderbilt wide receiver, Kalijah Lipscomb. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Former oh, all SEC receiver. That's right. Showing uh, showing Joe's and I Joe and I's age here a little bit as well. But I'm glad you mentioned your staff. Uh, you guys obviously uh, had a great staff last year in the bid to, to put together yet another great event. But you guys had some changes uh, a couple of guys that had the chance to transition into roles within the league and definitely wanted to, as we get ready to, to talk about your process and talk about some, some scouting observations that, that you guys in-house have made uh, to give a chance to talk a little bit about some of those new faces or lingering faces on your team and the scouting department that you guys have put together and uh, tell, tell us what we need to know about the group that you're working with to put together this year's event. Yeah, Kyle. Thanks for thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, these guys are these guys are great. We did. We had four guys with an opportunity to bounce back into the league, and that's why we've kind of created it the way we've created it is is giving them a, a soft landing spot for a year when they're out of the league, and with the hopes that they can you know eventually get back in. And again, you work in football long enough, it's going to happen to you. The you know my dad used to say the ball the ball's shaped the way it is for a reason, and sometimes it doesn't bounce your way. So um, you know, off last year's staff, we had three of our scouts. Got back in uh, Raiders, Bucks, and uh, Steelers, and then Michael Coe, who was our DFO last year, uh, got his first full-time NFL job uh, scouting for the Panthers. So uh, we brought Matt Kelly back uh, in Mike's place as, as director of football operations. Uh, Matt's been with us the last three years as a scouting assistant, and then he was on the road last year as an area scout. So um, yeah, we're really excited about this about this year's group. You know, I mean. Again, when you've got that much experience, it, it makes me feel good that we've we've got an experienced group of guys, guys that have been there and are really well connected. And the biggest thing is the relationships. You know, we, we don't have the budget to be in a school every day like the teams are. Um, so short of that, we need that we need those relationships. We need our guys to be able to get on the phone and, and the guys at the colleges pick up the phone or guys at the NFL level, um, guys that have scouted in their area and guys that have crossed paths with for years um, for them to connect with. Because, again, you can. We, you know, we know where we're at right now heading into the fall, but there's always guys that pop up. You know, you got the you got the the one year wonder guys. You got the guys that have been stuck behind, you know, good players at their schools. You got guys that have entered the portal that are going to a new place that are, are going to get a new opportunity. So um, we can't just do it on our own. We got to use our network of, of contacts and relationships. And that's what this staff really brings to the brings to the table. Now, Jim, Kyle likes to accuse me of quick snapping him. And so I want to make sure I stay true to the bit here. And as we start to talk about maybe some of the players on that watch list, the first guy I want to bring up oh, is Kentucky quarterback Will Levis. Jim, Stole I'm excited about here. him. He runs like that guy behind your right shoulder there, 17 for the Bills. He's got an arm like the guy to, on the other shoulder there. Uh, Justin Herbert, I, I see a really dynamic physical talent. Obviously, a little rough around the edges, some things to clean up, but I get really excited about Will Levis, and, and I, I certainly like to know where you stand on the Kentucky quarterback. Well, are you talking rough around the edges on tape, or are you talking about like the mayonnaise and the coffee stuff? Oh, it's all of it, right? Yeah. Both. Yeah, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right, Joe. I mean, from a physical tools perspective, 
Um, he's got he's got so much to work with. Again, like these two guys behind me had coming out. So I think I think those two are really helping Will in his case right now, right? I mean, I think everything I've read over the summer, most people point to to one of these two guys, and I, I think we can all agree that. Justin Herbert was maybe the, the most misevaluated quarterback that, that we've had over the last five to 10 years. And I don't think teams want to make the same mistake. I know that guys in the media don't want to make the same mistake um, and be on record. Like, like some people are on the record with Justin Herbert saying he couldn't, he couldn't play in transition. So um, no, Will's got, Will's got a lot physically. He really does. Um, had a chance to see him throw at the Manning camp this summer um, and then went up to camp uh, during two days at, at Kentucky and spoke to the team and got to see Will up there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he's got. And he's got some good pieces around him. They've got a couple offensive linemen. They, they you know, they're, they're, that's a good football team. I'm excited to see Kentucky play as a whole. Um, but, but see if Will can, you know, kind of lift that team. I think all the great ones kind of lift the guys around him. And uh, if Will can do that, if he can, you know, win two or three games that maybe uh, people don't expect Kentucky to win, that's where he's going to take that jump in the draft process when, when he kind of proves he can do that with the whole program. Jim, one of the things that really stood out to me when you guys released released the watch list was there there was this acknowledgement to all the players who weren't on the list that listen, oh, there's a lot of game tape that's left to be put out there, and your final year of game tape is the most important thing. But then it was also acknowledged that the Senior Bowl had a chance to to see all but I think two of the 120 players that were in last year's event you guys saw in person throughout the course of the season. So I'd love to hear you share a little bit about, you know, we've obviously put together this phenomenal watch list with all these, these names that are on it, but now that you're getting ready to strategize going through the most important criteria to get into the game, which is the final season of tape, what is that dynamic of what you guys do look like and how how does that all get collaborated and coordinated effectively yeah i think the the point we tried to make with the with the senior tape is a really important one right like this this is just a starting point i've said that over and over and i I know a lot of players want to see themselves on the list and i understand that we've actually had parents call in the office and asking us why their sons aren't on the list and i've had uh, as soon as we put it out i had a couple head coaches hit me up about why they're why a certain guy on his team wasn't on the list and uh, which is great, which means the, the watch list is starting to gain traction and people are looking forward to it every year. Um, but it is totally just a starting point, right? I mean, it's acknowledgement that we've done the work. We've watched the underclassmen stuff. Um, but but your senior tape's the most important. I mean, there's numerous examples every year of guys that weren't on the watch list that they're played their way into Mobile and, and it ended up being, you know, third, fourth round draft picks, right? And, and you know, top 100 picks. We've had a couple of those over the last couple of years. Um, so I just want the players to know, again, when I went out and spoke to a lot of teams this fall, you know, Tennessee and West Virginia and Kentucky, Jackson State, um, the point was, guys, it's all out in front of you right now. Like, don't rest on your underclassmen stuff, because I think what happened, I kind of told the tale of a, of, of a team last year that uh, kind of read, you know, a lot of their guys were reading a, a lot of what was going on last summer, um, really bought into that hype, took their, took their foot off the gas, if you will really didn't have a great senior year. A couple of them on this particular team left as juniors and didn't get drafted. Um, so it really, like that, it kind of sunk an entire program last year by listening to everything that was out there before the year. So my point was like, guys, even if you're on those lists right now, even if you're on our list, like what's going forward is the most important stuff. So that's that's really what we, we try to let all these guys know that, uh, you know, don't, 
just because you're on the list doesn't mean you're in. And just because you're not doesn't mean you won't play your way in. Jim, one of the things that has stood out to us when we've evaluated this quarterback class is just the depth of it this year. And and one of the things that the Senior Bowl has done a phenomenal job of is getting the premier quarterbacks. It's been like a number of years in a row. We've seen a first-round quarterback in Mobile, and I'm sure that this year will be no different. You put out a tweet on August 25th, and you said, last year at this time, there were probably 8 to 12 quarterbacks with realistic chances of getting a Senior Bowl invite. This year, that number is more like 18 to 22. What do you think is uh, is the reason for there being so much depth this year at quarterback? That's a great question. All I know is that <laughs> that's the case this year. I don't know why. Um, you know, it, it was amazing just here in week zero to sit back and look at some of these matchups. I mean, none of these quarterbacks are playing for the school that they came out of high school to. It's amazing. Um, it's just a totally different landscape than it ever was. I think there's going to be a lot of guys in new situations. Um, they get opportunities, but I, I don't know about you guys. I know, I know you guys have looked at this class extensively as well. We just have a lot more day three grades than we had a year ago. We just didn't have a lot of draftable grades, period. Um, so that's why I was saying, I mean, if you have a draftable grade right now, yeah, it's conceivable you could play your way up. I mean, we're, the goal is to get all these guys drafted. And, and again, we get close every year. And like you said, I think we're going on seven years in a row. I think this would be year eight uh, with a first round quarterback, you know, Kenny Pickett helped us ex- extend that streak, but um, yeah, there's a lot of guys in that early to mid-day three mix that um, we'll see if they ascend. You know, you, you got like Brennan Armstrong at Virginia, Keaton Slovis at Pitt. Um, there's, a, there's some really cool players in this class. Even Malik, like Malik Cunningham at Louisville is a guy that we're really trying to figure out. He's from right up the road in Montgomery. Um, I was at, We were up in Montgomery for a game on Saturday and, and passed his high school. So he would be a cool guy for us to uh, have down here in the game. So yeah, just uh, I think there's guys at that starting point. If you go back over the last three years, I mean, we had a borderline third, fourth on Joe Burrow. We had the same thing on Mac Jones. You know, last year, Kenny Pickett was in that third, fourth range, and all those guys obviously played their way up. So there's going to be inevitably going to be just history shows. There's going to be a couple of these guys do that. Um, and the fun part is none of us know which guy that is right now. I'm glad Joe mentioned the depth of the quarterback class and uh, there's a couple position groups that that we have looked at throughout our summer process, and we're really impressed with just how many quality options and players that, that again, seem like they're feasible names that could take a pretty prominent jump this upcoming season. So I was curious from your perspective, Jim, if there were any other position groups that stood out to you as you guys have constructed the watch list and vetted all the players that you were just really, really felt like there was a lot of quality options this year versus maybe what your typical year would afford you. I would say, uh, again, the, our board is right behind this screen that I'm looking at right now, so I'm cheating a little bit. Um, but I would say the edge class is really deep again. I thought last year's edge group was really good. Um, you look back at some of the guys we had here in Mobile, even some of the mid-round guys like uh, Kingsley Anigbari had a, a really nice preseason up in Green Bay, and he was a you know, fourth or fifth round guy. Um, so that was, that was a really good group for us last year. And it's deep. I mean, guys, it's a, you start with Nolan Smith at Georgia kind of up at the top. I think everyone that follows the draft, I mean, there was plenty written about him, but, but you can go all the way down the board. I mean, we've got like 15 to 20 guys in that edge court category that right now, if we had to, if we had to pick a roster, I'd feel good about, um, based off their junior stuff, the interior D line, um, is a pretty strong group as well. And, uh, I kind of like the offensive line class, especially at tackle. I think that uh, I don't know I don't know what the you know what what the kind of the popular opinion there is on the offensive line, but 
Um, I'm liking the way this this offensive line group is, is shaping up, and especially we've kind of got an early heads up on a couple juniors in that group. Um, that if they come out, we'll really really strengthen that class as well as junior graduates that that could play in the game. You mentioned the edge class, and I'd like to ask you about a specific player, Tyree Wilson, out of Texas Tech. I mean unbelievable frame and when he turns it on there's a lot of explosiveness there's a lot of power there's a lot of length I mean this guy seems like he could be in that first round conversation obviously a lot that needs to play out but physically just another really exciting talent at least in terms of what I watched at Texas Tech this past summer yeah absolutely and, and again you're talking about a six five and a half guy 270 275 pounds um big long frame I you know I Forget what the wingspan is, but I don't even—you don't even need to see the measurable. You can see it on tape how long this guy is, and and it's hard to find guys that long that are also explosive, right? Like that's what makes him a little bit of a different creature. Um, had good production last year with seven sacks, thirteen and a half tackles for loss, or something like that. Um, but like I think you just—you just said when he turns it on, I think that's really the qualifier right now. Um, you just want to see that high level of intensity snap in and snap out. And if you see that, yeah, I've seen him in a lot of mock first round drafts. To me, the tape right now doesn't doesn't say that. But if he if he does get it cranked up and play at that high level all year, yeah, absolutely. Because those guys, uh, you know, I mean, at, at the Patriots, you know, we always used to say that you know Coach Belichick, Scott Pioli, that say certain guys don't grow on trees, um, and and guys like Tyree don't don't grow on trees certainly. So uh, yeah, really, uh, really looking forward to see, seeing what he does this year because he he's got all he's got a lot to work with. Jim, I, I don't want to put you too much on the spot, but I do know you do have the board there right in front of you. So hopefully that that can help you if you need it. But uh, you alluded to betting on the traits, which has been one of the the big uh, discussion points that our group has had this summer as we're trying to figure out which which guys we want to buy in on when we're projecting them forward and, and hoping to see the step forward. But one of the favorite things about uh, the all-star events that I always thoroughly enjoy is you get a chance to maybe see just a little bit of a guy because maybe somebody on the outside of the league, the tape's not too available, plays at a small school, but you get these really toolsy, traitsy, small school guys that come in and they showcase that they belong pretty quickly. And you guys had a couple of DBs this past year that I think fall into that group. Are there any kind of off-the-beaten-path small school toolsy players that that have some pretty exciting prominent traits that were maybe late bloomers or for whatever reason just weren't weren't very highly recruited as coming out of high school that made this senior bowl watch list that you're interested in seeing how they take the next step as they continue to mature as football players yeah there's a couple kyle and, and by the way i like your board back there um thank you looks, you know we're, we're, we're trying to replicate the best over here so it, look, it looks great man yeah like like to me, last year Dominique Robinson from Miami of Ohio is a perfect example, right? A guy that's a former wide receiver, and um, you got to see him up close down here, and they rushed him all over the place, inside, outside, and he's—I uh, know they're really excited about him in Chicago. So there's a guy, and I, I think where the media has a little harder than the league does is when you're talking about toolsy guys, they have to have the right makeup to to really hit that tool ceiling, and so that's where the league is is is, is has it easier because they're in the school every day, right? They they know what the football character is all about. It's hard for us on the outside that we don't we don't really are privy to that. So like we might know where the tool ceiling is, but we don't know if they're going to hit you know the likelihood of them hitting it. So that's that makes it that makes it harder for you guys and us. Um, a couple of the guys like Cody Mock. I mean, just going back to the Bison, going back to North Dakota State, uh, had Dylan Radens in the game a couple of years ago in the second you know went in the second round of Tennessee. I think Cody's going to at minimum be a day two guy somewhere in there. I mean, I think he's a really good player. He makes it look easy. 
Um, maybe not quite as nasty as Dylan was, not as nasty as Trevor Penning last year. But coming out of that same league, he's just a guy that he's really efficient and never looks stressed. It just looks so darn easy for him. And that's why um, when I saw what Cody's arm measurement came back as, it, it surprised me because you put on the tape, some guys, it just you, it's pretty glaring that they have short arms out there on the edge. But Cody was, again, I never saw that because he just never, people never got into him. It just looked easy. So to me, Cody Mock's a really cool small school player. And then one that really popped when we were watching other tape, and I think we were watching North Dakota State tape, it might have been when we were watching Cody, was uh, Jesus Gibbs at, at Towson is a guy that, uh, you know, just looking at the board right now, that's a really intriguing athlete. I think he signed with South Carolina out of high school, um, but has been at Towson a while, and a big guy that could really, really run. Uh, Bruce Feldman put him on his freaks list. Uh, just to, talking about just bringing up the tools part, when you see this guy run at 285 pounds, um, he looks like a smaller man when he's chasing to the boundary. So um, posted a couple of those clips over the summer uh, on, our, on our Twitter. And uh, he's a really cool player. I look forward to seeing him play this fall. Jim, you mentioned the offensive line class as a, a spot where you thought there was some good depth in, in a position that excited you. When you focus in on some of the offensive tackles, what are what are the names that you're really excited to see this season that um, you know do have – kind of check those boxes that we're looking for because I feel like we kind of came away from watching this offensive tackle class this summer saying a lot of interesting players but this year's really going to define it we need to see more who are the guys that excite you at offensive tackle this year yeah I would agree with your last statement too a lot of these guys you do want them to see see them take the next step like in that vein Trevor Reed from from Louisville is a guy to me um, length and feet and just a, a twitched up big man that is still raw um you know, but we had a, uh, one of our a really good scout of ours on last year's staff who ended up back in the NFL. Uh, you know, saw Trevor last year in the game and uh, hit me up with a text. And he said, "Listen, this left tackle at Louisville is not eligible, but man, we got to keep an eye on him for next year." And uh, so, to me, like if Trevor takes that next step, excited about him. Uh, Blake Freeland at, at BYU is a guy we really like. Again, a guy that was a, a quarterback and a tight end, I believe. In high school, and you see the athleticism. The guy just for six seven, he can really move and recover, which a lot of big guys with that high center of gravity can't do. Um, so he's a he's a cool player. Jalen Duncan at, at Maryland is another guy that, when you're just talking about pass protecting left tackles, a guy that can slide and mirror with people. Uh, again, make it look easy. Um, he's a guy out on the edge, and then uh, Matthew uh, Bergeron at Syracuse is a guy just looking up towards the top. Um, a guy that I don't think had great grades. Um, you know, over the summertime, I didn't see his name a lot, and he, you know, at least. And uh, he's the guy, when I put on the tape, after not really knowing much about him, he kind of jumped out at me as a guy that uh, in run and pass game, like he can he can protect the quarterback and he can come off the ball. So uh, those are just a few names. But I, I'm with you guys. I think that they all need to kind of take that next step. But we've got pretty strong glass half full grades on on a bunch of those guys. Jim, this has been great stuff. We really appreciate you carving some time out of your day to sit down with us. Obviously, we're getting ready to get back into the weeds here with the college season starting uh, this past weekend and, and really exploding this upcoming weekend and NFL not far behind it. Uh, Executive Director of the Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy, thanks so much for your time, and we look forward to catching up with you again soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate it, as always. Flat should describe your TV screen, not your TV sound. Experience your entertainment like never before with the new Sonos Ray. This compact and easy-to-use soundbar puts you at the center of shows, movies, games, and more with crisp highs and precisely balanced bass. 
breeze wow. through setup with the help from the Sonos app. You can even use your own remote for control. When the TV is off, you can stream music, radio, draft dudes, and audiobooks from all your favorite services. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. You really went for that there, huh? You know, Kyle, you got to have fun, man. Fun. Got to have fun. Speaking of fun, that conversation was fun, wasn't it? Sure was. Um, I was excited to hear that he was excited about the offensive line class, man. I needed some. I needed a little jolt. I needed it. Well, you got it, courtesy of Jim. Um, Yeah, and he mentioned uh, Jalen Duncan, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, over the moon. Yeah. Outstanding. Uh, Reed's an interesting name for, like, I didn't get a chance to watch him in cross checks. Yeah, wrote him down. That was on my notes from our conversation. Oh, you cheated. You wrote him down, huh? Cheated. I I mean, I want to make sure I get to a player. You'd be doing a disservice. And by the way, he he mentioned the board that's in front of him, and, and the board was... Uh, a really fun thing to get a chance to see when we were in house uh, in January to be there for the event. And uh, of course that there's some inspiration on the board that's behind me in my office uh, courtesy. Of course, it's a horizontal draft board that you've got the position groups vertically. And then horizontally is what tiers you put the players in and you put them within the, the boxes in the order that you like them. And there's sub tiers based on, uh, laterally where you where you place him. So um, I can only imagine what theirs looks like already uh, <laughs> as far as names that they've got stacked up because they got their full – they did their full vet, and obviously they they probably have 484 on the board yeah. right now, which is the watch list total. I bet they've got every single one of those names and probably more on the board. Yeah, and what we had – we had a lot on the board. I mean, so last year I can – I mean, but – it's a big process. There's a lot of administrative work that goes We ran into- out of cards. We wow. didn't run out of players. We ran out of cards. We ran right. out of cards before we ran out of players right. to put on the board. Right. I think we had three I think we had 360 on our final board for draft weekend last year. Yeah. You know, you think you're just gonna like watch football players and write scouting reports and no, stack you do them arts in a and list. Crafts. Like, no, yeah, it's for, for sure, right? Arts and crafts, administrative yes. work. Um he uh he seemed in on Will Levis. Felt good about that. He sure does. I mean, yeah. I love the fact that he already had a chance to go out and talk to the team. And you know, he he talked to Will for a few minutes and mm-hmm. oh, getting a vibe on him. And I, I thought him talking about uh, the tools guys and knowing their their football character and yeah. their their makeup. You know, I think that extends beyond the small school kids like the Josh William, Joshua Williams from Fayetteville States of the world too, right? That like, That's those two guys that are were perched up over each of his shoulders. Uh, Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, they, they blew NFL folks away at the Senior Bowl in large part because, yes, they had these incredible physical tools, but it was who they were as individuals and it was who they were as people and it was their work ethic. And I've heard you ooze about Josh Allen and what he does and obviously, you, you've seen Justin Herbert, and he remolded the entire narrative around who he was as a person and as an individual, starting at the Senior Bowl and then going through the Combine and into the NFL Draft. So uh, I certainly think him getting some early time with with Will is super exciting for hopefully really – and the fact that he came away from those interactions and liked Will and is high on Will, I think bodes well for what the future is going to hold for Will. I felt seen when he talked about – correcting, if you will, from some misevaluations at the quarterback position. Now, I feel good about being on the right side of Justin Herbert. I know you were also on the right side of Justin Herbert. But but 
not the other guy, not that, not, not the other that, guy, yeah, yeah, not seventeen yeah. for the Bills, and so who we, we've learned, we've learned a lot, right? But I, I think it's a fair statement where the like you need to be able to to learn from those types of situations, and I think tying in both the case study, but also understanding the the make the makeup to go with the traits that you want to bet on, like how those are both critical layers in, in the evaluation and. You know, that does, I'll admit, that does draw me to a guy like Will Levis. You know, I, I think that is part of it for sure. Well, and and we've we've talked about Will and his story too. Not, and we'll talk about some of these other players and, and position groups too, but well, Will's a guy who's been through some stuff, right? The, the time at Penn State, yeah. and he was a late recruit and had all these tools and but couldn't start at Penn State and was stuck behind Sean Clifford and and he transfers out the first year starter last year and all the, the adversity that he faced and the chip that's on his shoulder because of it. I, I think that's certainly um, just another variable that you look at and say, man, like he checks a lot of the boxes for guys that have to kind of dig their way out of stuff. And it, it breeds the kind of habits that will go on to make you an impactful NFL player because you're bred for the kind of environment that you then have to insert yourself in and be able to, to have that drive and engine within yourself to consistently do it as compared to just naturally being gifted. And this isn't to say that's the case with the other guys at the top of the quarterback class this year, but you've seen that from time to time where the guys who um, are a little bit more, um, the environments that they play in offer more perks, right? Mm-hmm. I, I start right away. I've got five stars all around me. Uh, we score 55 points a game, right? Like that's not necessarily the case. And when the going gets tough at some point, like you're not just going to be head and shoulders better than everybody else anymore. And how do you, how are you prepared to handle those situations? And I think that's something for Will specifically with his path to now being at Kentucky as a second year starter lends itself very well. You know, one thing that's always interesting kind of transitioning from Final scouting, if you will, we got done with the 2022 class. Like this is mm-hmm. concrete. Like this is it. This is all the players ever going to. There's no new information coming, right? So you go from that to not that, right? Your summer scouting is you have a lot of new information to get to, and I think it's always a, a like a it's a quick switch and a quick transition. But like programming your mind to go from okay finality to this is what he is, but there's there's room to grow. I I I always. I wouldn't say struggle is the right word, but it's always something I'm mindful of in that transition. But it, it, in talking with Jim, I also kind of gained an appreciation for that from his perspective as well, where it was a lot of, yeah, we were excited to see him this year because we need to learn more. And like, it was a nice affirmation that, that it's okay to, it's normal, to, right. Yeah. It's okay to not like live in absolutes coming out of summer scouting and you shouldn't. Yeah. You, you can't. And you should absolutely embrace the variance of outcomes, mm-hmm. right? And we had this discussion on our staff meeting yesterday on Monday. Jamie Eisner asked the scouting team, hey, who's the guy you think has the highest chance of Spencer Rattlering you as far <laughs> as a guy who's consistently projected in the top of mock drafts and doesn't necessarily – have a season that allows them to live up to those kinds of expectations. And we all kind of thought about it and we all kind of had our own unique answers, but the spray chart is, is huge Mm -hmm. as far as what you can expect to come from 
uh, what we have set in place. Any other big picture thoughts you have before we sign off? I dumped today? them. I dumped them all. I'm out. The chamber's you're, empty. You're, you emptied the chamber. Yeah. Good for you. Um, that's going to do it then for us here on this Tuesday episode of the Draft Dudes podcast. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert, Jim Nagy today. Hope you guys enjoyed the discussion. We hope you have a great rest of your day, and we will talk with you all again tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.